Good evening. A Puritan's Mind brings you the old-time radio program, the Wild Boar News Podcast from sunny South Florida. Welcome. I'm Dr. Matthew McMahon. This just in. In the June 16th issue of Entertainment Weekly magazine, they list their picks on the secular market in the most controversial movies ever made. If you were to choose number one, the most controversial film ever produced and sent to the theater, what would you choose? They chose The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. The plot? Well, if you read the newspaper or an article concerning coming attractions, you know that this movie claims to portray the biblical passages concerning Christ last week, the Passion Week, his crucifixion, death, and burial. This 2004 monstrosity was directed by Mel Gibson to focus upon the betrayal, torture, and crucifixion of Christ. The controversy? Gibson's intention, which is born of a hearty, warped, and twisted understanding of the Bible, quote, was to produce an unflinching depiction of Christ's suffering on behalf of mankind, end quote. I've never seen Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. I have no need to misplace my faith from the biblical text, which is God's word, to the Romanized interpretation of Gibson's film. There have been many evangelical leaders that have complimented Mr. Gibson on making this movie and hearing from God to portray Christ in a visual manner. Hearing from God? No, not really. Not at all. This movie is simply another abomination in the sight of God in violating not only Holy Scripture, since the movie was not taken from a biblical account alone, but also in part from the 19th century diaries of St. Anne Catherine Emmerich and her work The Mystical City of God by St. Mary of Agrida but also the first half of the second commandment, which reads, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 4. It is no doubt that modern 21st century Christians went to see the movie. Yes, it grossed $370 million for Mel Gibson. However, with such an abominable film and its blatant disregard for God's moral law, you would think professing Christians would send $370 million to the third world, or desperately poor, instead of being entertained. Not only are evangelicals not keen enough to determine the importance behind changing the scriptures, or violating the second commandment, which is reiterated all through the Old and New Testaments, but they also seem to have a grave problem with their Christology their conceptions of the biblical doctrines that answer the question, Who is Jesus? Is ignorance bliss? Well, not in God's eyes. The only way they can self-justify breaking the commandments of God and visually depicting Christ in any way whatsoever is to become part-time Nestorians. It's the Jesus was a man too phenomena. That is exactly what well-meaning Christians are when they succumb to this kind of sly devilish twist in their Christological ideas. They need to repent, seek the forgiveness of God, and reject such things in the future as abominable sins. Evangelicals are not simply trampling on the historical orthodoxy of the Protestant Church when they see a movie like this that attempts to portray in visual form the man Christ, but they are precisely trampling on the last 2,000 years of Christology. They have, in fact, become Nestorians without even realizing it. This is Dr. Matthew McMahon signing off.
Good night, then, until this same time next week. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.